Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Hey, Kip Nation, how are you today? I hope all is well. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I hope you make this podcast your favorite drive time podcast today i want to speak a little bit about working when your staff is in neutral when when things are not going the way you think they should go in the marketplace or in the church let's talk a little bit about scripture and the application of scripture i believe in the practical application of scripture so as a consultant and executive strategist when i'm working with churches and pastors Most of the strategies that I use, 99.9% of them come directly from the influence of the scripture. It's a matter of learning how to translate from an ancient time to a modern time. In many circles, we call that a hermeneutic transfer. But today, I want to just deal from a very simple perspective. I want to talk about practical theology, the practice of of theology, the practice of talking about God. How does God relate to humanity? We all know that God, and if you don't know, God is not a God who sits up in the air and does not associate himself with us. For when we receive Christ in our life, it is said very simply that Jesus comes into our life through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then he leads and guides us to all truth and understanding. This leading is what we call being led by the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. And when we as Christians are led by the Holy Spirit, then what we do is we begin to represent the organic church, a church that may move left, it may move right, it may move up, it may move down at the leading of the Holy Spirit. So then the church becomes unpredictable. Our service becomes unpredictable. 
our work becomes unpredictable in the sense that we will do something on Monday and something very different on Tuesday. Now, the tasks looked alike, but they called for very different measures. So being led by the spirit helps you to not get locked in to a particular position so that you can't move to another position when another need needs to be met. So today I want to look at Jesus and the fourth chapter. You know that he has uh, gathered the disciples. He's done some work in the church. And here's what I want you to hear. He's worked in the synagogue, not in the church. He worked in the synagogue, left the synagogue after preaching and casting out demons, depending on whether you look at Luke chapter four or whether you look at Mark chapter one. The bottom line is whenever we do work in the church, the church is not the last place that we do work. Our work must transcend the church. The gospel, the scripture must transcend the church. In other words, in order to practice proper theology, we have to practice what we do in the church, outside of the church. That's why we do not refer to Christianity as religion, but Christianity is a relationship with God. And that relationship transcends church. So everywhere we go, God is in us. So we hear the scripture, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So what am I saying? When we're in the church, we pray, we receive a word from the pastor or the teacher for that day. We get impartation. We get inspiration. We're inspired to go and do. And, and here's how this thing works. When I said the transcendent nature of scripture. Scripture does not just sit on the page, but once it is written on the tables of our heart, it becomes alive and it is alive in us. So let's give you an example. And, and I want to work with something I do as an executive strategist and as a coach for churches and for businesses and for schools. But here, here's something that I encounter often. When the staff is not working up to their expectation and there are two ways to approach this. You can go right to the jugular. You can say, hey, why aren't you doing this? If you don't do this, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. And I want to do this so this model, this paradigm fits both the church and the marketplace. But you're going to let them go. And that's all that's all to it. But that's not how we get our staff or motivate our staff to do the things that are necessary to bring about the desired result. You have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to get work out of people or do you want their best work? Do you want the people to be enthusiastic or do you want them to be lackluster? Do you want them to love to come to work or do you want them to hate coming to work? Do you want high yield and high expectation from your people or do you want low yield and low expectation? It's very simple. It depends on what you want. Do you want a product or do you want an excellent product? You see, it depends on what you really want and what you really value, whether you're a leader, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a supervisor or a manager on any front. We have to use 
a different approach. Here's an old adage to help us cross the bridge or bridge the gap. People don't care how much you know, they care how much you care. Do you know that this adage works in both secular and non-secular environments? Because people, you can have all of the grease on the board that you want to have. You can have the sharpest suit, the freshest breath, the nicest haircut, nicest hairstyle, nicest clothes. But that's not what genuinely interests people who come to your place of employment to work for you for 8 to 12 hours a day. No. And you want them to work beyond the paycheck. So the goal of this leadership style, and what I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, is to get the highest and best use out of your employee, the highest and best use out of your staff, the highest and best use out of your team. This style of leadership was a style that Jesus used, and I began to talk to you about uh, Mark 1 and Luke 4, because in that passage, Jesus goes to the house of Simon Peter, his mother-in-law sick with a high fever. He grabs her hand. He lifts her up in the bed, you know, has her sit up and he rebukes the enemy, rebukes the, the spirit of sickness. And she immediately gets up and begins to serve. Watch this. Her nature was to serve, but she could not serve because she was temporarily hindered by a temporal situation that is generally speaking the way it is for many people they want to serve they want to work they want to work at a high level but when there are temporary obstacles circumstances and situations that impede their work it is up to the leader to get through the clutter of an individual's life whether it be an employee, whether it be a team leader, whether it be someone in your ministry, whether it is someone who's working volunteer, we want to get the highest and best use. So here's what we do. We use the compassionate leadership model. We meet their temporal needs. We what's going on in their lives. You cannot ask people to do something that needs that requires them to, to float if they have weight attached to their ankles. So what you as a leader has to do, and, it, and yes, you have to go out of your way a little bit. But if you go out of your way, you will get the desired outcome. You have to go out of your way to release those weights. Now, if you have a large organization, then you develop wraparound services that will then assist you in doing the same thing. Counseling services or uh, help services or uh, human resource that is available uh, just to talk uh, about different situations and circumstances in people's lives. It's a variety of ways to do it, but the point of the matter is we must care more about the people than we do about the product. If people know that you care about them more than you care about getting your work done, then what happens is they care about getting your work done because you care about them. Did you understand that? If you care more about people than you do about getting your work done, the translation is they will care. They will notice that you care more about them and they will automatically get your work done at a high level. So when you first approach them, you want to be real. And in order to get them to do 
the best work. You know people are going through. Everybody's going through something. Everybody, including yourself. But you're the boss. You're the leader. So we have to deal with ours in a different way. But we have to ask them what's going on in their lives. Literally, how you doing? And a lot of times you'll get courteous banter. I'm doing fine and they're doing fine and yada, yada, yada. But then you want to go to a second level because you want to get past the, the courteous banter and you want to investigate. Get behind their facade with a gentle probe. No, I'm serious. I care about you and your family. How are you really doing? Now, you have to be prepared for the answer. But if you're prepared for the answer and you're compared to show compassion and you're compared to attempt to help meet the need, you will change the work trajectory of this individual by virtue of how much you care about them. People need to be loved. And it may sound weak or whatever you may think it is, but it is the truth. People need to be loved. People need to be cherished. People need to be cared for. When I was a teacher, one of the best principles I had kept the morale up by giving us what we called warm fuzzies, the little mugs, pencils with our names on it, little candies, little uh, gift certificates to here and there. It didn't have to be a lot, but it showed that it was not all about you producing a product, but that there was an equal appreciation for you producing a product and that I care for you beyond the walls of this building. That's compassionate leadership. So the third thing is you want to make sure that you state the problem because there's a problem with your work not getting done. So you say something like, I notice that you seemingly are being hindered from your usual production. Now, it could be the stellar production or your excellent production or your usual production. You pick the term based on how the worker works. But again, it's about highest and best use. But you're sharing that, hey, not only am I interested in your home life or your external life, but your external life is affecting your internal life. And that's how I noticed that you were going through something. And then you talk them through it. You love them through it. You share with them. Help them to release the burden, to release the steam so that they can uh, continue to do what they've been paid to do on your job. And this is this is a different time. And we just have to be clear that this is a different time and a different age. And many years ago, everybody came to work to do their work. This was not necessary but it is necessary in today's work and ministry environment. So at the end of the day, after you've asked them, you've stated the problem and it was the way you stated it. Remember, I noticed that you have seemingly been hindered from your usual production. And then you go on from there to find out what the answer is. Your next response should be, how can I help? And then finally, once you've gotten through those points, and you may not do this all in one meeting. This may take two meetings or three meetings because sometimes people build walls and build castles and you've got to get through that wall. You've got to get through that castle. But then at the end of this compassionate leadership model, you get to say this as you are transitioning now. They've gotten the help. You, you've showed uh, care. Sometimes it's a matter of changing a schedule. Sometimes it's a matter of, of lightening the load or lighting, lightening the date of the load. So instead of it being due on Monday, we're going to push it back to Friday. 
it's better to get a better product, a, a good product on Monday and a, or, and a super product on Friday. I'd rather dismiss the Monday date, go to the Friday date and get the best of the best rather than push the Monday date and get something that's half done. So we have to give and take, give and take and compromise in order to get the optimum outcome for success, for the success of your ministry, for the success of your business, for the success of uh, your uh, processes, whatever they are, whatever you are attempting to do, we have to compromise and be willing to hear the heart of the people, uh, make the necessary adjustments, help them to make the necessary adjustments, and then be willing to now go that extra mile so that you can simply state this final question. This is what we need to do going forward. And this is how we're going to approach this going forward. So again, the goal of compassionate leadership is highest and best use. I can give them a new approach now because I have taken the time to course correct or to help them course correct. So now they can go from giving me a semi-useful product to an excellent product and that's the way that you want to make transition now there's a lot of uh, granular details in between there but that's the overall meta narrative of the picture you have been listening to the kingdom influencing podcast i am your host derek l calhoun i pray that you would take this message and utilize it for the expansion of the kingdom of god in the earth as you go forth go and influence the nations. God bless.